November 26th, 2015. And it's... We're thankful for Bottle Crow. I'm calling... Mm, this is bad. I'm Colin Detmar. <laughs> and I'm Emily Dalton. And this is Bottle Crow, a Dota 2 podcast. I personally am thankful for Dota. I am as well. And here in America, today is Thanksgiving, and we are recording on Thanksgiving, because we're crazy. Anyway... Been too much to talk about to skip an episode. We had the fall major, the Frankfurt major, go down, and it was a. Uh, I really, I really enjoyed that tournament. There was some great Dota. I got to see more of it than I have recently of pro play. So yeah, it was great. And uh, you know, spoilers if you're if you're trying to avoid results for the tournament. Way what, too late. You're way too late. But also, <laughs> like spoilers, uh, Team OG won, headed by uh, yeah. Yo, uh, Johan, aka No Tail, who, uh, boy, that guy has uh, has deserved a tournament win for a long time, and it's been really exciting to see, yeah, just him finally, finally get it through some amazing play. They played through, um, they started in the losers bracket, so they started in the best of one eliminations and fought their way all the way to the grand finals and won. They played their faces off. It was amazing. Yeah, and I don't want to give credit, of course, just to No Tail. Uh, Moon Meander played some unbelievable uh, Earthshaker and just general amazing uh, core play. Amazing stuff from Crit, of course. It's just, it was it was all around some fantastic play. And their opponents were no slouches either. We got to see uh, Secret, the new Secret, uh, strutting their stuff, and they played... Eternal Envy really seems like he's at home. Yeah. It seems like Puppy is harnessing the crazy <laughs> and uh, and gets some good stuff done. And, you know, they, they got second place. They got taken down, but... Maybe E just needed a boss. Maybe he really did. Because yikes. Yeah. Um, and then I guess lastly, well, not lastly, third place, in fact, was uh, Team Evil Geniuses, the winners of TI5, who are... I think they looked strong, but I... I don't know. What do you think the difference was? The difference maker in this tournament? I feel like... So I saw I saw a lot of the second half of the tournament. I didn't see a lot of the early stuff, just to throw that out there. But I feel like in the tournament we saw a lot of like really innovative, cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And not from EG. They played well, but I don't feel like they had any really astonishing new tricks. The most astonishing thing they did was they picked Storm Spirit. And it worked out, but not because they picked Storm Spirit. Yeah. The Storm Spirit pick, I don't feel like, did much for them. It was clear that Sumail hadn't played a lot of storm spirits since the the patch because he like you know the increased mana costs on the zip and stuff he mm. would he would do these like zips into ganks and arrive and be out of mana and be like what oh <laughs> no this is bad i did not see sumail at his best in this tournament no. i want to say he got like too aggressive at the wrong times and i yeah i feel like i mostly did not see him playing as well as we all know he can i mean do you want to do like locker room psychology for a second is it arteezy I wonder if he's trying to show up Arteezy. Yeah. How could he not be? I would want to show up Arteezy if I was on that team. I wouldn't mind showing up Arteezy, you know, today in the grocery store or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's... On the old EG, I feel like there was no... Okay, the old EG. Like, they weren't they weren't even around for a full year. That's a silly thing to say. But, like, DAC to TI5 EG... There was no question that Sumail was, you know, like, the guy on that team. And everybody else there were amazingly solid players who had his back. But they were really structured around him. Yeah. Yeah. 
and now Arteezy's here, and, like, Arteezy gets mid sometimes, and I'm just like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. It's weird. And I don't, I don't know if they figured that out yet. I also wonder if maybe the teams were stronger. Like, the individual players on Secret originally were stronger than they are now. But they had no cohesion. Yeah. And, like, OG, they played some incredible Dota, and they, like, no tail... No tail was not the like the like the drafter, but you know you could see like you know they'd cut to like shots of them talking. Clearly, he was having a lot of feedback, and his picks were just picks that like he ran a lot of t- carry tiny, and P- it's like no pubs bitch about carry tiny for a reason. This guy's legit. <laughs> uh, he ran meeple at one point mm-hmm. and just wrecked. That was like great. it was it was amazing, and like. They had, yeah, you said, like, innovative stuff. I feel like they really had some innovative play that really made all the difference. Secret had, like, that tiny... <laughs> that crazy tiny. Where, like, he... At the, start of the, at the start of the game, as the creep waves are coming out, Tiny walks up to his own creep wave mid, grabs one of them, and throws them into the jungle. And so the creep camp... It's like, so that... Oh, it was so smart. Oh, man. And then OG totally ran in in a, in a later game when they were playing secret to shut down that tiny it was really cool like it was you were watching those two teams evolve strategies and evil geniuses played really well but nothing new that i noticed anyway yeah i i think i agree um but i don't want to just talk about the top of the card i want to talk a little bit about the mid card because two teams really impressed me and those were mineski and unknown Hmm respectively the first ever pro team to be in a major tournament from the Philippines and from Peru. And way to go, you guys. Totally awesome. Unknown, like, I feel like Unknown's gonna need some more practice to get, like, really, like, solidly in the big times. They played very well, but also they seemed a little overwhelmed at times. Mineski was terrifying. (laughs) Everyone is lucky that they got taken out or they would have been just... that They're, like... Player Cuckoo on his Huskar was the most intimidating player at that entire tournament. He was a nightmare, and it was wonderful. So what shut him down? I think what shut him down is just, like, I mean, they didn't have a variety of strategies. Mm. You know, that like, the Dazzle Huskar was everyone's fear. <laughs> and by the end of the tournament, you saw Secret being like, oh, Huskar, huh, <laughs> okay, um... Funnily enough, that sounds like the problem Secret had when they first started playing. Yeah, yeah. You know, as Secret, obviously. Yeah, and I think, uh, and you know, it's the kind of thing where it's like, well, they got to try this out on the pro stage, and they know, like, okay, we are capable of, like, that, that any doubt is gone, and it's just like, okay, so we just need to work on... Depth. Depth, and then we can stay, and we can be, we can make, well, make Peru more, or not, excuse me, the Philippines more proud, because you already made them proud. That was an incredible performance. There's one part where Mineski was in, I think it was even Secret, maybe I'm misremembering, but they're in one, you know, top-tier team's base, just doing stuff, and everyone gets driven back, and just Huskar is left, and they're just trying to kill Huskar, and he's just not dying. He just doesn't, you know, he keeps, like, leaping from target to target, and they run back to the fountain and run back and keep hitting him, and he just stands. Speaking of heroes, probably gonna eat a nerf next month. Yeah. Uh, do you want to speak about heroes probably going to eat a nerf next month? Tuscar and the Tuscar. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Toby. Yeah, that was driving me crazy. Okay, so we're going to air a little beef that we've had for a long time. 
Toby Wan learn the names of the heroes. It has been what five years since Dota won. And if you wanna like, if you want in your private matches, talk about Furion or whatever, or Panda, who cares? But when you are the A team caster for everybody, use the use the names, use the current names. Come on. Yeah, I mean. If, if No Tail started casting and started referring to them by Heroes of New Earth names, everybody would flip out. That would be hilarious, actually. It, it would be really funny. <laughs> That's true. But, like, just come on, man. You're you're supposed to be professional. Just, like, newer people, it's super confusing. Even, like... It sounds enough like Huskar that it's even, like, a little confusing watching it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually it like, was in the game. But. I mean, we're running a podcast, a Dota 2 podcast right now. Neither of us play Dota 1. No. I know this stuff because I'm a lunatic, and she knows this stuff because she has to deal with it. Because me. he's a lunatic. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, like, you're really, you're alienating a part of the population completely unnecessarily. Well, and even, I mean, so I watched I watched a lot of this tournament with my partner, who is not a Dota fan, but is a sports fan, and can get into it from that end. And when you're using the obviously not the name of the character, that's just an immediate alienation. Like, come on. Yeah. It's, it's disappointing. But we don't need to dwell on that, I think. We got we got more to talk about. We've got the big patch coming up, which is exciting. We don't know exactly what it will be. You know, people are saying, you know, 6.86. But I think it's entirely possible it'll be a much larger number than that. I know you've been hoping for that for a while. I'm Boy. predicting 6.854. Is Lena going to come back? Is it going to be Lena and Gyro again? Who's it gonna be? I'm Shadow always fiend and I'm always pl- praying for Batrider. Come on, buff yeah. Batrider. That would be all right. I uh, I I always want to maintain that Shadow Demon doesn't need a buff, but like no one's playing him and he's the greatest. So just buff him and then maybe people will regret it. But that's their fault. You should have played him. He's great. I don't know. I uh, mostly I just I just want to see things shaken up. I want to see new stuff. I. Uh, I don't know, they kind of spoiled me with the way they handled Dota. There's like, it's been so long since a major patch, and so long since a new hero. It's That's been, true, it's been a while. It's, well, I mean, the last time we checked, it was 250 days, and it's been a long time since that. I don't know, maybe maybe we're up to 275 by now? I don't know. Well, probably 264, because we recorded that 14 days ago, right? Right, but what did we talk about it then? Oh, I think so. Okay. Maybe not. It's been a while. It's been a long time. A good long while. And we're ready for new heroes. Entirely new heroes. Skip the old ones. Freak people out. That would be funny. (laughs) I would be okay with that. But, you know. Yeah, maybe new items. Maybe map changes. I don't know. Just new things. Desert terrain. Well, that's that's confirmed. But I'm ready. (laughs) Alright. Well... Yeah, the other thing that's happened since is there's the going to be the reshuffle for the Winter Major. The mm-hmm. roster lock is happening uh, starting next month. I think it's December 23rd, but I'm not positive. Um, it might be December 4th. I have some weird numbers. I have numbers in my head and I'm confused. I thought it was December 6th, but again, I don't know where that number comes from. Okay. It's in December. Um, 6th sounds right. I think the 4th is a release game of a game I want. Anyway, <laughs> um, and... A weird thing is happening. We're not seeing a lot of reshuffle action. Yay! Vega, once again, is being like, nah, we're good. 
Secret is like, no, we're we're pretty happy with this. Um, a couple of Chinese teams have been like, no, mm, we're fine. Um, there are a few minor reshuffles, like Team Digital Chaos, Aoi 2000's team that did not make the tournament, was like, okay, we're swapping our player Biryu into a uh, sub-role, and we're going to replace him, but otherwise, you know. Well, to be fair, I think if you're not making the tournament, it's reasonable to look at changing your roster. For sure, for sure. And I imagine Cloud9 will probably make some changes. I understand someone in their organization left recently. Uh, change into a chicken head and go away. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I don't know. I just assumed that the that everything would explode again and everyone would panic again. But maybe, maybe they're like, hey, Vega stuck with their team and they seem to be getting along well and doing okay. Maybe we should try that out. I don't know. It's weird. It's not a thing we've seen before. I'm not sure why it's happening. But I love it. It's great. So one of the things that has happened, um, one of the prevailing sentiments from the pro scene is that the game has become extremely draft-oriented. What do you think about that? I think that's fair, but I... Well, I mean, become? I don't, like... Not as in the draft wasn't important before, but there are a lot of pros that feel like they see a draft and they're like, okay, like, unless there's a miracle, we can't win this game. I mean, I think, to some extent, that's going to be a self-fulfilling problem you've got there. I can see that, I mean, definitely at the very top levels, the draft is incredibly, incredibly important. You need a good drafter. But I... I don't know. I mean, I think some of that, honestly, is that it's been so long on this patch that, like, there haven't been been big balance changes that it feels that much more knife edge because you know like you know who you need to get and who you need to ban Mm -hmm. whereas when there's more gray area when there's new meta being created it feels like there's more room for innovation there more room to make different choices and succeed that's what i think what do you think i think you make some good points there ones that i hadn't considered about about just having the meta really figured out and knowing what the dangers are um get that wyvern i also think there are a couple of things going on one like so, okay, I think you and I both think the draft is super fun. Mm-hmm. It's one of our favorite parts to watch. Never skip it. Um, and I think it being important is not a bad thing. And I think part of what's happening is we're getting people who are just super, super scary drafters. Hmm. We're getting people like Puppy and like PPD who will make drafts to screw with you. Like, there was a game where Puppy was drafting and the whole time like every single pick like the first pick he had I don't remember what it was I don't remember might have been Night Stalker and like every pick you're like okay so it's a position 3 oh it's a position 4 oh it's a position 5 it's a position 2 what is he doing I don't understand like every pick recontextualized every other pick he'd done and it was incredible I think that's I think that's one of the neatest things about Secret that Puppy will do that and even if it's not like that level of screwing with you that he'll make unusual picks because he's trying to develop new meta which i love Mm -hmm. um and there's ppd who just is an impeccable drafter yeah and sometimes what was it the first game against og that eg won it's like i'm watching it with my partner like not live but live to me like oh no that just wow that is just an exquisite very boring perfectly balanced team and i mean you know like there are like There are times when teams have done things that have really, like, 
change the way we think about things. And, you know, like, you can hide your draft with items sometimes, is, is one of the things. Like, for example, one of the very first games that Secret played, back when they were old Secret, Puppy drafted a really weird lineup. I remember two of the heroes, which Toddle, and there was Medusa. And the people were like, I don't... What are, what are they doing? Are they just planning to stall out the game, I guess, with Coddle's push ability? And they had a different ability. They gave, I think, almost everyone on the team arcane boots. <laughs> and Medusa turned on her mana shield and never turned it off. Jeez she Louise. just never ran out of mana, and she just waltzed through that game and ate everyone. This is the best thing about Secret. Crazy things. Crazy things. In... The tournament in the far in the Frankfurt Major, Eternal Envy bought how many rapiers did he buy? I know of three, and I'm sure he bought more than that. I think I saw three. You, I mean, we saw three just in like, just like in the finals games. Yeah, I'm sure more than that were bought because it's Eternal Envy. He made a lot of those work, which can't usually be said of a rapier. Yeah. Like, that guy is a lunatic, and having Puppy, who knows, like, just up... It's a natural instinct to say, like, this guy is crazy, and I need to stop him from making these ridiculous plays. And Puppy does not have that instinct. Do you think it's because he played so long with Havost, who is a very difficult-to-manage That is a great point! I didn't think of that! That is... He knows how to channel it, because if you just try to cut him off, then you're going to turn him on you. Yeah. And if your one isn't going to work with you, it's going to be a bad scene. And it's like, okay, you wanted to buy a rapier, this this would be a good game for that, Envy. This would be a good game for that, you know? We'll, we'll follow I love around. your idea. We're going to work it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you should drop your boots of travel for your third rapier. That's a good call. Sure, go with it, honey. <laughs> oh, it's so, like... That game where he got the two rapiers and just destroyed them uh, was just messed up. Well, and I, it is my personal bias is that I like to see support players captain teams. Um, and I feel like this is one big advantage to that situation. It's like, no, babysitting the rest of your team? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, and uh, I, uh, I was really delighted to see that. And. There are, what? Like, the draft has become such a big deal, and there are so many heroes to ban and stuff. Like, an idea I have kicked around with you is maybe allowing more bans. Because back, I mean, we didn't always have five bans per team. We used to have three, then we had four, now we have five. What if we went up to six? And I, you were against that idea. I am against that idea, but not, you know. And I'm not, like... I'm not sure if we need it. Like you can like you didn't convince me that you were right, but you convinced me that I wasn't sure. And I think part of it is just like, well, this meta is really stale. And also like I sorry, parenthetically, I know the meta's stale. I also love the style of Dota that is in the meta yes. right now. So it's really hard for me to say because I'm like, the meta is kind of stale, I'd like to see new heroes dominant, but this has been really exciting Dota. So sorry yeah. I had to throw that in. Um but another thing is, like, with these new styles of drafters, these new, like, really, like, intense mind games drafters, I feel like there's room to do some new stuff, right? Mm-hmm. There's new, there's room to, like, to set traps. Like, oh, no, go ahead and take Shadow Fiend. That'll go <laughs> real well for you, you know? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of potential there. 
and I think like maybe by giving the sixth band slots, we kind of sacrifice that we like, or at least scare it off a little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, and too, I mean, I want, I mean, I think what I said in the conversation we had about it earlier is I want drafting to feel high stakes, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you feel like there are eight heroes, we absolutely have to ban. It's like, then you're fucked and go do something really creative and neat, you know, come Mm -hmm. up with that bizarro farming tiny, like do something new. Because if you can't win playing the old game, you've got to change it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... Oh, drafting is the best part. Drafting, drafting is, is the so best. good. Um, okay, but we should we should probably move on from that at some point. Uh, yeah, we could we could harp on about gray drafting all day. Um, so, okay, there's a hero that goes in and out of drafting, right? Of of popularity, and that's Drow Ranger. Hmm. Drow Ranger is one of a class of heroes that is really like easy to play and sort of like. I don't want to say built for new players, but, like... She has that reputation, though. She has that reputation, and I don't think it's unfair. And I think it might have even be, like... A lot of those are heroes that Ice Frog didn't design. Hmm. But I think when he came in, he was like, this is not what I would have built, but I can see that this is great to have for, for players who are a little in, over a little, in a little over their heads. Hmm. And a trend with those heroes is when they get powerful, they get too powerful. Like, when they are good enough that pubs are happy with them, pros kind of stomp with them, mm-hmm. right? And that's a fate that Drow Ranger has faced for a while. And one of the things that could help her be more pro-viable is to give her an Ags upgrade that makes her a little more complicated. Hypothetically. Yes. So, our Ags of the Week is Traxix, the Drow Ranger. I still remember her from Dota High School. <laughs> Two X's in that name. Yeah. Both needed. Can't essential. <laughs> so, what did you come up with, Emily? This week, I actually love my idea in a plausible gameplay way. I know how unusual that is, <laughs> and it's not two Drow Rangers. <laughs> so what I want is to for her to be, able, uh, blah, to be able to teleport to friendly wards, including Treant's wards, anywhere on the map, and to have free movement for a couple seconds afterwards so that if it's up on a hill, she can get down. Also, the cooldown is like a blink dagger. Like, it works the same. It's the same time period and the same you have to not get hit for a minute in order to... But, yeah, I want to give her that incredible mobility and also, you know, like, really point up the value of good warding. I want both of those things. So I think this is an interesting idea, and I like a lot about it. I think the, if it has a zero-second cast time, which it sounds... If you say it's like a blink dagger, mm-hmm. a zero-second cast time that can only be interrupted by hitting someone, like... That means that if you're in a fight, you duck out of sight for three seconds and you're halfway across the map. Kapow! That's a little too good for my tastes. I love it a lot, and I can't step back. Ice Frog, you do what you need to, but uh, I just, I love it so much. I love that idea. I mean, I love terrifying mobility in Dota Heroes. And I feel like it depends so much on what your team has been able to set up. I think doing it with, like, doing doing it exactly the same, but giving it a TP cast time, and it works fine. Like, you duck out of sight, you still TP. I mean, like, there are people who TP out of crazy situations. There was a fight in the Major... No-Tail lost... I'm pretty sure it was No-Tail. was playing Phantom Lancer. Lost his entire team. And he's on the run from four of them. He's almost dead. And he dodges, like, a call down. And, like, Quap blinks after him. And Slardar is rushing after him. And he loops around a tree and starts TPing. And they run past him and start, like, essentially shooting in every direction but where he is. And then he's gone. That's awesome. 
I'm sticking with my idea. I okay. respect your input, and I'm glad that they've both been heard. Tell us what you think, gentle listener. But, uh... Ice Rock, you know I'm better at this than she is. Whoa. Whoa. This is the balanced part. I, I admit the two Dragon Knights idea was really <laughs> quality, but... I really, I mean, well, and I know that part of the problem, honestly, for me with Eggs of the Week is that I want to throw the game out of balance sometimes. And to be rebalanced, but I feel like getting pushed out a little bit helps to establish a new balance. And for a new... Like, that's how Shadow Demon gets rediscovered, right? Is that the balance of the game shifts somewhat. Every patch does it a little bit. So I kind of like the idea of occasionally throwing it out of balance. Although, obviously, there are a lot of problems. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the way Ice Frog does, does things is he likes to push things little by little right up to the edge. Oh, sure. That's much better for this kind of thing. I'm just not that kind of person. <laughs> so, uh, what's your eggs idea? Okay, so my eggs idea is also a two-parter. Well, yours wasn't really a two-parter. It was just a complex one-parter, I suppose. But, so, okay, the first part is trees, right? We like trees. Do we? I was burning trees yesterday. You were burning, like, baby trees. I was burning dead arms of adult trees. Well, I was thinking of the pine cones. And pine cones. <laughs> um, so... Traxix, the drow ranger, is a ranger, and I want to play up that ranger side. So the first part is that she basically gets a passive from her ags, where is she, if she is within a radius of a tree, she disappears from the minimap like blur. Hmm. And the radius would be decent, but like probably you'd have to be in the forest, right? Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't work when you were standing in the middle of the lane. But you'd be running through the forest and nobody'd see you. And you run through a ward and, you know, if they were looking at that area, they'd see you. If they weren't, no idea. Wow, that's more range than I probably would have given to it. Balance King. How much range are you thinking? How much does Treant actually get? When I play it, I'm always, like, rubbing shoulders with a tree. It gets a decent amount. I don't know. Like, I, I'm thinking I'm, I'm thinking as much range as Treant Okay, gets. I'm totally comfortable with that. Okay, yeah. Um... Maybe a little more? I don't know. Nope. Uh, nope. nope. <laughs> um, oh, I had a second part. Oh, no. Did it involve setting traps in the forest? Yes! That was it. Thank you. Okay. So the second part was that she could set traps in the forest. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking she sets them, like, I want her to walk up and set them. Because, not like T.A., she can't cast them. She just have to walk up and, you know, like, fiddle with them and set them. Is there a cast time? Um, or an assemble time? I think it's just, like, a half second. Like, just enough so that the animation plays out, because I don't want you making it look stupid by having her just, like, walk <laughs> away mid-animation with her arm still around her ankle. Um, and basically she would set a sort of a rope snare. Um, and what would happen, like, it would be invisible. You could spot it with detection. If you destroyed it, it would give a bounty of zero gold, just because... Fuck true. you, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Um, Basically, if a, if an enemy hero walked into it, creeps would not trigger it. They would be uh, their movement speed would be reduced to zero, and they would get I don't know maybe a thirty percent attack speed slow, hmm. a, like and a, a noticeable attack speed slow, as well as being revealed on the map to the enemy team for a second or two. And the idea, like first of all, she can use it for vision. She can set traps all over the jungle, for instance, to to prepare for people coming. But also she can use it sort of for the turnaround. If she's being chased, she drops a couple behind her on her way when she gets a second to spare. 
and they run around the corner and they run into the trap and then she jumps at them and that attack speed slow means she suddenly has the upper hand. So you mentioned filling the forest with them. How many of these can she have out at a time? So I was originally thinking four, but like 80 sounds okay. No, four. We're going (laughs) to stick with four. So I feel like that really works well with her, her trademark shadow blade. I feel like I like the image of like you know her like like her shadow blading and running around a corner and you run and run into a trap and then she appears in front of you and shoots you with a lot of arrows because that's all she ever does is shoot you with arrows, um, but also like you know, I just I feel like that is a character that, for pure self interest, I want more to do with that hero than right click. I those heroes like that. I find snipers similarly a little tedious sometimes. I. I just want those heroes to be more engaging, and I think I think you have to make it optional because it's so good for new players to not need to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But also, like, it's an interesting dynamic. Both of ours are interesting dynamics that make her a more complex hero in ways that are fun. I well, think. we've talked before about on the podcast, like, we both like eggs that change what the hero does a little bit. Yeah, I really, like... Eventually, like, we've, we've done a few ags that were existing, like, we've done Legion Commander ags because hers is terrible, right? But eventually, we're probably going to replace a lot of ags because a lot of them are, like, lower cooldown, and it's just like, that Bigger is... Bigger damage! Yeah, yeah, So yeah. boring. So boring. Not what we care about. Mm-hmm. The ags is an opportunity to recontextualize a hero, and wasting that on make big better is really tedious to me. Well, and I also, like... Having an eggs that having eggs not be mandatory, like if it just makes you stronger and it's like, well, okay, to get her online, you really need that eggs. Like, yeah. no, I don't like that. Balance them for no eggs, and then have the eggs change what they do a little bit. And I'm okay with it for Wind Ranger because that's what I was thinking of for sure. I mean, because Wind Ranger wasn't a carry until mm-hmm. they buffed that eggs, and suddenly it's like, okay, like she's a weird kind of support that you get that eggs, and she's the machine gun lady, and it's the greatest. Oh, I love that hero so much. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, in preparation for Fan Fiction Corner, which is coming, we're going to talk about our lore of the week, which is everybody's favorite sisters? Dota's favorite sisters, because they're the only sisters in Dota. I that we see... know of. Who else do you think might be sisters? Well, for example, uh, the techies goblins might choose to express themselves differently in the future. Well, we can't uh... wait the future. We could get new lore for Alchemist. He could be sisters. Uh, I, I mean, I, I could keep going if I have Are to. you including that, the ogre, or are you talking about one guy who is sisters with himself? No, I was including the ogre. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, bat Rider gets bat after bat. At this point, probably some of them have been sisters. Hmm. Okay, well, in the lore... <laughs> well, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it on the podcast. <laughs> Um, we're talking about Rylai the Crystal Maiden and Lena the Lena? The Slayer. Is she really? I mean, what kind of really are we going for here? Are we going for the fact that she's clearly a ripoff from Lena inverse from the Slayers? No. I can tell you that in Fan Fiction Corner, she is referred to as the Slayer. Alright. That might actually be it, because I actually... I actually haven't checked in a long time because I know that lore because it's really easy, right? So Lena's... So they're, they're sisters. Lena's the big sister, and they grew up in a village, and Lena had her fire powers at a young age. And 
because she's a fire person and every single fire person ever has a bit of a temper, she had a bit of a temper. And red hair. And red hair. Oh. Fiery, one might say. Um, gosh, Crystal Maiden has blonde hair. I always forget that because I've got that white hair cosmetic. Mm. Anyway, um, so one of the things, actually, her arcana is her losing her temper. Her hair turns into fire. That is what happens when she gets real mad. That's not attractive. When it makes you bald, not so much. Um, but anyway, she and her sister used to, like, fight all the time, and she, yeah, she got her fire powers, and she would set stuff on fire on accident, and just, you know, generally a bit of a terror, right? And then one day, her sister's powers awoken, awoke, excuse me, a tense error there, um, and they were ice powers, and they were more powerful, and I was like, oh boy, these two are gonna kill each other. We're gonna send Lita to go train in the desert, we're going to go send Riley to go train up north, you know, in Iceland. Snowsburg. Icerick. Um, oh, come on. Yeah, sorry. I had, had to, to go authentic there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Lena is, it just hangs out in a desert and trains. She doesn't have a lot of interesting lore related to the desert, sadly. Maybe they'll do that at some point. Maybe they'll update her arcana because it needs an update and at the same time be like, hey, she has friends in the desert. People think she's okay there. Uh. I mean, Crystal Maiden's got friends up north. Yeah. She's a different person. She's a... She's a psychopath. Ice is nice, man. <laughs> what can I say? Do you see that frame in the comic where she freezes that man solid just with that, like, murder grin on her face? I would call it a psychotic grin, but not necessarily a murder grin. Sociopathic? Sure. Okay, that's fair. Very nice. I'm not saying she's more stable than Lena. <laughs> I'm right. saying she has the potential to be much more likable. Well, anyway. She as has a puppy! She does. What we were getting at is that she is the guardian <laughs> of Icerick. She has a good relationship with the people up there. She guards their village. And the wolves. And the wolves. She's got a little wolf pup. It's very cute. Um, and yeah. And they really hate each other. There's, you know, there are some lines of them working together and being like, oh, I guess we got to put our differences aside. But most of their lines are them, like, calling each other bitches as they murder each other. Ah, uh, it's too bad. Is it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, sorry, my mind went to a terrible fanfiction place. Uh, <laughs> so it could be worse. Oh, no. I'll say they could get along and it could be worse. Oh, but I'd, no. like, I'd like to think there's the possible possibility for a healthy sibling relationship in Dota. Possibly with alchemists. Well, I think they'll get to it eventually. I mean, they have the they have the benefit of infinitely resurrecting, right? Of reincarnating, basically. Do they seem to be moving in the direction of forgiveness, or do they keep murdering each other and saying bitchy things about it? Listen, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying, but time is a flat circle in which I mean it's a chronosphere, right? Time is a chronosphere. <laughs> We're gonna trap those two in a chronosphere, and they're gonna sort out their differences. Huh. Anyway. Trap those guys in a tactical pause. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully one day they work, set aside the differences, and if it's to a point where they want to murder each other, at least they have a context where that could be worse. They might stay dead elsewhere if they were trying to murder each other. This year they don't. I don't know. I'm trying to make this situation seem better than it is. I'm just, my face is increasing, increasingly sad and distraught. Good radio. Fan Fiction Corner! That's right. It's Fan Fiction Corner. I am... This week is probably my favorite so far. I know I've said that before, but it's because 
the stories keep topping themselves. Um, and before I start and tell you who wrote it in the title, I should say, I've mentioned before, but my favorite kind of fan fiction is when it's clearly like the bedtime story this person tells himself. This is this is exactly that. It is by Rylai APG, and it's called Curse's Gift. And it is, it is in second person. Uh, the, it starts out, As the heat of the sun then starts to kick in, you woke up, lying on the sand. The waves from the ocean, gushing on both of your leg, you then sat up and saw your little boat, completely destroyed. At least I got away, you talked to yourself. Now to figure out where I am, you added. Right? So it's great. You then, uh, they describe... <laughs> Uh, you go looking for your equipment, grabbed yourself a sword that was special for you. And they, they describe the sword in some detail. The sword is clearly going to be important in the rest of this saga. Um, this story is a pretty short one. It's clearly just prelude to a much longer adventure. But I really, like, I'm going to have to fight to not read the whole thing on air because I love it. I love it so much. So you start wandering around. You go to sleep inside a tree. And then... Oh, so it's like Castaway? Um, well, you don't have any volleyball friend, but you may find other companionship, because minutes later you heard screaming and laughing right below you. The Crystal Maiden lying before us, a voice exclaimed. And the Slayer, too. (laughs) So you see both of them. They're both tied up. They clearly intend to do very inappropriate things to the the ladies. Uh, Let's just kill them and then rape them. Like... It works for me. Uh, why the hell not? Like, is that that's... how is that how people talk about rape? I mean, I admit I have never discussed rape other than boy, this is awful. But you know, I um, it's pretty casual. But they may be coming out of a culture in which it is simply like, let's all blow our noses. I hope not. But we don't know enough about this world. There's clearly some more world building to come after this segment, which isn't very old. It's just from last month. So, you decide to get involved. You know it's rude to treat lasses like that, you said, causing the men jumped. Especially when they're defenseless like that, you added in an outraged tone. Who are you? (laughs) If you don't mind... Oh. Uh, It doesn't matter, but what... What matter is how you treat those ladies, you said. If you don't mind, I'll be taking those ladies, you added. Hell no, all of the men exclaimed. I have to believe in unison. So then you do some sword fighting. You knock out, like, all of them. It's super easy. You calm down the ladies. Because uh, apparently you just grab them while they're tied up, which is, you could do better. But you're like, no, no, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. It's okay, I'm here to help, okay? You said. You then untied the, both of them. It's okay, I'm not here to hurt both of you, okay? You said again. Behind you! The lady in blue screamed. You then swiftly looked back and saw two of the knocked out men charging at you, blades drawn, but you left your sword behind the girls. If you grab it, the men can kill you. If you don't, all of you will die. So you have no choice but to do the unremarkable. You turned at the men, but you quickly grabbed both of their face and each arm. Suddenly your left hand became blue while your right became red. Both men screamed and squirmed, but then they went limp. You you then let their face go, leaving a scorched and a frostbitten face. I love this story. Like, you have ice and fire powers. Like, this needs to go on much longer and to go in a direction. Um, and it's clearly it's going to. It's going to be you and these two ladies. Um, unfortunately, that's almost the end. 
Uh, they, they send for help, but you pass out. Huh, Rylai and Lena, you thought. Such resplendent names, you added. Then you blacked out, but you heard a voice. Thank you for saving me and my sister, which belonged to both Rylai and Lena. Doesn't even end with a period. Like, there's more coming. <laughs> Why did you black out? You know, I did skip something vital. <laughs> uh, suddenly you fell to the ground, causing the girls to rush to you. You then felt a sharp pain across your chest, which you took a look. They got me, you said in arduous tone. Um, Crystal Maiden clearly thinks you're going to be okay. They're sending for help. Uh, maybe she could use her cold powers to slow the blood loss, but... How old is this story? October 5th. Of this year? Yes. it's There could be more coming, and I'm definitely going to check. I'm going to go ahead and say that you blacked out and you died. She was wrong. You're dead. I guess we're not... I guess it's over. The story's over. Every, happily ever after. This story The ladies were like, hey, this lady, this lady saved... This guy saved me who said he was going to take us, talked about us in a possessive way, which I'm not crazy about, but hey, he saved us and maybe a little misguided and he's dead now. Hooray! Wah-wah. I really... All I'm saying is, for most dudes, if this is the bedtime story you tell yourself, it does not end with you blacking out and not so much as shaking hands with either of the beautiful ladies. But this is your headcanon. You don't know that this is their bedtime story. I absolutely do. Like, maybe not literally bedtime story. This is somebody's fantasy. What if... What and if not, like, is... eldritch or Tolkien fantasy. Okay, uh, let me present you with two possibilities. I'm ready. One, this is a person who knows their audience and is like, this is what people are going to be into, or thinks they know their audience. Two, this is a really smart person writing something super terrible on purpose. Well, I guess that second one's possible, but it's not... There's no way to prove it, and it doesn't seem like a very interesting possibility, you know? It's like, oh, well, sure, maybe you... Maybe you did... So I'm a big F-plus fan, and they've said in the past, like, you don't have to debunk stuff for us, guys. Like, if it's super dumb and you did it ironically, it's still pretty dumb, and we can treat it like what it is. Oh, sure. I'm not trying to say you can't treat it like it's whatever, like, pure innocent... three-legged puppy? Whatever, whatever it is that you feel in this thing... But, like, you are making assumptions about the author's motives. I am, and I'm very comfortable. I'm so comfortable in that assumption. And maybe it's, you know, I mean, I think most people have sort of a fallback, like, no, I'm a beautiful princess, but with a sword, and I ride my steed, and we save people, you know? And those can go in different directions. But you can, like, they go into detail about the wrong things. They get, they don't feel the need to explain things that someone who wasn't inhabiting this body would wonder about. I admit that the detail about the wrong things is a real telltale sign. That sword. I mean, I skipped the description of the sword. I'm not going to read it. It's very, it's not interesting. But he goes into really more detail about that sword than anything else in the story. It's going to be important to his destiny. So this week we're in person. This is, this is live to tape. And I can see the text laid out in front of me. And... So there are a couple of things. One, there is no formatting. This is this is a wall of text. There are no paragraph breaks or line breaks or anything. And the other thing that my eyes keep noticing is just this exchange. How did you, the lady in blue, ask? It's a long story, you replied. <laughs> That's just incredible. It really, like, 
part of what makes a, like part of what convinces me is that this is somebody's bedtime story is the breathlessness of it. Like the formatting is part of that, but also like the tense changes mid sentence. You said you added coming up a few times. Like like this is just flowing quickly and smoothly from the brain of the creator. Who are you? The lady in red asked. Why slash N, you replied. I meant to read that bit. What I don't know does, what to do with that. What does that mean? That's actually why I why I wondered for a while whether this was a choose-your-own-adventure. Maybe it was originally meant to be a choose-your-own-adventure. Like, okay, this is the scarier version of this, right? Which is that this is something they've worked on for a while. There have been multiple drafts of this. And originally it was a choose-your-own-adventure and they forgot to fix that part. But this isn't stream of consciousness. This was a thoroughly worked on piece. Well, I want to see more of it. That'll be the tiebreaker. Let's see what chapter two looks like. Such resplendent names. Really, though, I mean, my very favorite. (laughs) If you don't, all of you will die. So you have no choice but to do the unremarkable. Like, have an ice hand and a fire hand and burn and freeze people. Like, that is not the word you were looking for. (sighs) Anyway, I, I genuinely enjoyed this. I was really happy to read it. And I would definitely, like... Not update you probably on air, but I would keep reading this for sure. Yeah. Like, so I imagine at one of the, at one point, at some point, we're going to do an episode where it's like a look back and we'll check in with a couple of these. Oh, I love that idea. Because sometimes I need to give, I need to give this lady a present or two. Just let her have some fun. Um, but. You don't want to know what happens next? Because I've got an idea. Like, okay. As this is, like, you've subjected us to some terrible things, Emily. Hey, I didn't... I haven't yet subjected you to some of the worst things I've read. I believe you, but you have suggested subjected us to, like, naked acts dancing around. And, like, <laughs> you've done some bad things to us. That is, that is... Oh, and a gender-swapping invoker? Yeah, with, like, getting really upset at his breasts getting in the way of his spells. (laughs) Her breasts... I'm not sure how you'd prone... I I think I would go with his His still, because, yeah. yeah, Although more and more, his identification seemed to be changing. That's true. he hung out with Andy That's true. So, you've done some bad things to us. This was not (laughs) the worst thing you've done to us. This was relatively inoffensive. It's adorable. But, like... This is not what I like about fan fiction. It's true that we look for different things. I look for people writing a story and then to realize halfway through, like, oh wait, I actually just want to write my own story. I'm done with this. I want people who are who are taking fic the like the existing universes and using them as a jumping off point to their own thing. And I appreciate When I say purity, I don't want it to be mistaken with innocence. There is a, a concentrated something here. And I appreciate the purity of stories like these. But, like... See, for me, I mean, it is, like, that intensely personal thing that I like in fan fiction. Like, I don't I don't want to just read more about the universe. I'll do that in my own head if that's what I'm looking for. And I like my ideas better than a lot of people's. I like world building a lot but I'd rather do totally original worlds. Like, I recently read a book called The Goblin Emperor, which I think got a lot of positive press. And it was like, oh, yeah, a whole new world, really elaborate, very interesting. And that's, I would rather, like, unless I'm looking for one person's deeply personal and very weird vision, then I'd rather get something said entirely differently just because there's so much more food in there for my brain. Hmm. 
Well, Fan Fiction Corner gets boring and serious. Sorry. I'll read another bit to close this out. Hang on. Uh, so I mentioned, I think, that you are you're going to sleep in the tree because that's your, your regular game plan. Um, um, he describes their outfits. You looked down to check the scene. You saw two girls, one wearing a blue hoodie-type clothing that is suitable for only winter, and another wearing a red dress-like clothes. Both of them, tied up and gagged, were lying in a circle of four big men armed with long swords and axes. Ah, they powerful caster, so good in casting, one man said as he approached one of the girls. So beautiful as well, he added, grabbing the head of the girl. Good times. To which you think... What the hell are they doing to those girls? Like, I don't know, narrator, but I, it seems it seems pretty straightforward. I may have to reuse "they powerful caster." That's a real good <laughs> phrase. They powerful caster, New so good at casting. Name? That's some quality material. I gotta give respect, you know. <sighs> More soon. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for putting up with us again i guess um this has been uh episode 18 of bottle crow we've been doing this for a bit again yeah Yeah. all right well i haven't been doing it for that long yeah i'm still an amateur so uh if you have any questions you can send them to bottle crow podcast at gmail.com we have a twitter for bottle crow at at bottle crow and i am at 6264 on twitter um you can find this podcast and also other game-related stuff that I do and some of my friends do at scanlinemedia.com. Um, we also have other game-related podcasts, in fact, which are the Scanline Presents series, which is also on iTunes. And this is on iTunes, too. Any ratings and reviews there would be very helpful. If you wanted to tell a friend, that would be great. Our intro and outro music is the uh, Harmonies of New Bloom music pack for Dota 2 made by Reddit user Pomodi, who has very graciously given us permission to use it. It's good stuff. I recommend it. Um, we have a Patreon for Scanline Media. If you feel like chipping in, it's patreon.com slash scanline media. Uh, all of our content is free, and for the foreseeable future, will continue to be free. We have no plans to change that. But contributions help widen what we're able to cover, and we appreciate it a lot. And uh, until next time, thanks so much. Bye.